Hello, and welcome to HGTV Obsessed, your podcast for all things HGTV. Today's episode is a personal fave because we are talking to two HGTV stars all about designing with kids in mind. I mean, I've got two of them and they leave their mark. Let's just say that. What they take into consideration when approaching spaces with kids and how they create lived in functional spaces that are still stylish and elevated. Yes, it can be done. You do not have to have your house decorated by Fisher Price. We have got the secrets for you today. I'm talking with Jennifer Todrick, aka the rambling redhead. I mean, we have a legit superstar influencer on the podcast today. Jen is also the host and designer of the brand new HGTV show, No Demo Reno. She shares how she went from being a mommy and lifestyle blogger to having her own show and how she manages to maintain a white couch with three kids and a puppy. She might be a very powerful witch. We're going to find out today. And then I'm chatting with the lovely designer and host of Bargain Mansions, Tamara Day, about her time on Hometown Takeover and her signature laid back Lux style. We also get into the LED light trend that is apparently all the rage with the teens these days. It's tough out there, guys. I'm your host, Marianne Canada, executive producer and HGTV.com lifestyle expert. And when I'm not watching HGTV, you can find me making crafty videos for HGTV Handmade, gardening, cooking, or being a mom of two myself. I mean, I've got two kids and two dogs. We go through some stain remover in this house. Marianne, uh, producer Brad here. It's that time every episode where I chime in and become the voice of the people and ask you... And ask you the questions that everybody wants to know. The people, what do the people want to know, Brad? Well, we want to know about your design style and your decisions. Did they change once you had kids or did they stay the same? You know what? That's a good question. And my kids are a little older. Like we're out of that toddler phase where they're just messier, they're more destructive, they make a mess when they eat. They're eight and 12 now. I have to say, though, I've always been really concerned with having a home that feels really comfortable and like you can live in the entire house. I'm just not really one for like having, you know, a living room that no one's allowed to sit on or furniture that you're not allowed to sit on. I just really want the house to feel comfortable and I really want it to look good, but I do think it's possible to do both. So I would say that the only thing that really changed is I maybe put some things out of reach if they were breakable. That's what the top of the bookshelf is for. I will say I really lucked out though. My kids, neither of my kids were really destructive. I mean, Hugo got a hold of like a red crayon and drew on the wall once, but for the most part, we never had any real disasters. I have a friend who their kids took some scissors to their couch, like to the upholstery. And I mean, that is just, you can't come back from that. That is, you're getting it recovered or you're getting a new couch. I mean, that, I so. I'm speechless. I mean, I've, I've heard horror <laughs> stories about people's children too. My kids are pretty good. Um, you know, I've got two boys, so they are just messy. They're really messy. They have a hard time putting away their toys, but they're not destructive. But yeah. they also only want to decorate their room with pictures that they, they draw. Oh, but see, that's great. I love that. It's actually adorable. And they like to, they want to copy my uh, comic book frames. And so now they draw pictures and then they make, they cut out frames and put them on their wall. And it's adorable. It's adorable. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. That is the goal. Is to, I mean, your kids want to decorate their room and they want to do it themselves. I love that. I love to really encourage kids to like be creative. And I think the best way to validate their artistic aspirations is to hang it on the wall. I mean, my my kids are the exact same. That's so sweet. I will say if you guys ever do have questions, or you just want to follow along with my like chaotically beautiful life there, that's the thing you guys can follow me on Instagram at Mary in Canada, if you want to follow along uh, with with this journey right now, it's a lot of flowers. So if you're into that, you know where to find me. All right. Well, someone who is no stranger to kid friendly design solutions is our first guest, Jennifer Todrick. And I cannot wait for you all to get to know this new HGTV star a bit more. So here's my conversation with Jen.
Jen Todrick, we are so excited to have you. Welcome to HGTV Obsessed. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so fun. I'm excited. This is your your first ever podcast appearance. I'm so honored. Yeah, first ever. So I'm really excited. This is the first time. We're thrilled. And I mean, I won't lie, like you are a busy woman. We are so excited we finally got you on the podcast just in time to celebrate the end of the first season of your new HGTV show, which we're going to talk all about that. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, how crazy is your life right now? I mean, I'm doing these crazy opportunities that are like a once in a lifetime thing. But like also, you know, yesterday I forgot to send my kids to school with water bottles and we have to run back up to school and give it to them. Like I was trying to juggle a lot. But yeah, the opportunities are pretty crazy. I sympathize. I'm mom of two, full-time working mother. I always say, you know, you may drop some balls, just try not to drop the eggs. Oh, I love that. That is so dang true. You can drop all the balls in the world, but please do not drop the baby chickens. That is 100% accurate. Exactly. The ball, the balls will bounce. So Jen, as I mentioned, you're the designer and host of the new HGTV show, No Demo Reno, which everyone is just obsessed with. So for those who haven't had a chance to tune in, can you tell us a little bit about the show? Yeah, the show is, you know, HGTV, we're renovating homes. <laughs> no shocker there. But basically, I think what makes it different is we have more, I don't want to say realistic budgets, because I'm not trying to, you know, say the others aren't realistic, but I mean, lower kind of lower budgets, which it's still a good chunk of change. I mean, we're working with 30 to $50,000 a ton of money, but they're trying to get multiple rooms for that amount, which you could easily drop 40K on a kitchen and it could happen in, you know, 24 hours and it really goes really quick, right? Just for like new cabinets and all that. So we're trying to get the most out of our dollar for my client. And it comes with a lot of reusing things that we have if we can. And while the name is No Demo Reno, we do a little demo. The whole premise is basically nothing that requires a permit or heavy demolition. We're really trying to work with what we have. So me air quotes, removing a wall is really just like chopping it in half so we can make it into an island and make it a better space um, in the middle of the kitchen or whatnot. Pretty much the premise is getting the most we can, just like any high-end renovation, but spending less and not touching the surrounding walls. We're trying to use the existing floor print. Yeah. And I love it too, because I mean, as fun as it is to see somebody come in like with the sledgehammer and, you know, knock out all those cabinets and bust up a perfectly, you know, it may not be your style, but a perfectly good countertop. It's so refreshing to see you be like, no, 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 remove this very carefully because we're actually going to reuse it over here to make this entertainment unit. It's so inspiring. And you really have this like, you know, you use every part, like you you will even sell pieces on Facebook Marketplace or eBay to recoup the cost. Where did this no waste attitude come from where you try to maximize what you've got? Well, it matches who I am and my husband is as well. We're pretty frugal. So the idea came with just how, you know, what's kind of not being done. And pretty much just not coming in with $150,000 is kind of it right now. And the big thing that's been the last 10 years is open concept, right? Everyone wants to remove all the dang laws in their home. And people love that. And I've had that. And that's great. But if a lot of people don't have the funds, and they shouldn't, because you don't want to spend $150,000 into a home that maybe you won't recoup that. And that's a whole nother conversation. So you don't want to do that. And so basically, we're teaching people how to love closed concept and how we can make it feel bigger just from an aesthetic point of view. And it's less money that way. Yeah, I mean, that's it's so true. And, you know, less going into the landfills. I mean, it's so smart. You know, like it's not enough to host your own show on HGTV. You're also the author and person behind The Rambling Redhead, which is your personal brand and blog. You've got a huge following. How did you go from blogging about parenting and motherhood to redesigning and renovating homes for HGTV? Girl, you tell me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, no, I mean, the real answer is this production company was like, we're seeing your home. We're seeing what you just did. I had just renovated my own house. So I had before and after pictures. And they were like, would you feel comfortable doing this for other people? And I was like, heck yeah, I've done it for like family and friends, but I'm a stay at home mom. But like, heck yeah, I can design. I can do this. Yeah. It's one of the rare times in HGTV history where someone gets to like actually see the process of filming a show and how you share that with your fan base. Is having your own show anything like what you expected? It's hard. Like filming the industry is hard. And like, 
don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was going to be a piece of cake. Like I'm not naive, but I mean, it's really hard to not only do the designing, which I do. And, you know, with season one, nothing is ever staffed what it should be, right? You don't have help. So I'd be designing at like 11 p.m., like looking for inspo pictures to show someone to help me like shop. Like I need five tiles that are this white oblong. So you're trying to do things. But I'm also like trying to make my kids do homework. And then in the middle of COVID, that probably added a ton of pressure that normally isn't there. But yeah, I mean, I took on a second full-time job, if you think about it, because I, I treat my Instagram platform as a full-time job as far as just showing up. And that's how I grew. It is a grueling amount of work. I think um, a lot of people have a misconception that HGTV stars just like roll in on set and pretend to paint. And then, you know, I don't know, go to like some fictional trailer. But no, everyone I know, everyone I have met, they are doing the work. And there's no there's no time to make sure your hair and makeup looks good. You're just like, Oh, I- no, I look at some <laughs> of the episodes. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, Jen care. Like you've got to care about your makeup in between like takes or homes. And I just wouldn't like we were sweating in 108 degree weather. And I'm like, No, girl, put on some setting spray. Nah, you look great. I do think it's really refreshing. It's nice to see people who really look like you know, they're in there doing the work. And I know a little bird told me that you're actually good friends with Mina Starziak from Good Bones. Did Mina give you like any insider advice about having a show on HGTV? I mean, I can't tell you our secret. Come on. No. <laughs> Dang. No, no. She she was awesome. She reached out. Apparently she had been following along when I posted that we got a pilot. And I don't know how I saw her message, but I just randomly did. And she was like, Hey girl, so happy for you and your show. Again, I had no idea who this, this lady was. This other redhead. She was like, I know so much more in season five than I do in season one. Feel free to always reach out. And I mean, we just FaceTimed for three and a half hours, like four days ago. So yeah, we're really close. And of course, it's great to have someone, you know, on the talent side to kind of be like, yep, that's normal. Or no, that's not, you know, so. Oh, I love that. And as if you didn't have enough going on, you know, in this past year, you also moved into a new home and did renovations. How was it? Because and I, this is something I struggle with to flip the script and be the client. Honestly, I felt like I didn't give my house my all because I was giving it to 20 other people at the exact same time because we were renovating my house when I started shooting. It was a mess. It was so stressful. Like my contractor probably wanted to kill me because I was the worst client as far as like not responding back quickly because I was working or, you know, shooting or I would say that that was stressful, but it needed to happen. So I definitely don't regret any of that. It is so interesting. Like you always kind of like take care of yourself last um, in that situation, always. And then on top of it all, you guys, you and your husband also bought a coffee shop in North Dallas. Yeah, we have a coffee shop in Allen named Armor Coffee. And, you know, my husband takes the majority of that work. I just have fun talking about it and drinking the coffee every day and promoting it and having fun with social events, you know, all the fun stuff, all the foo-foo stuff. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Mike's in the weeds. So he's the one who's doing all that executive work and business making. And he's just been awesome at that. I imagine you are drinking a lot of coffee these days. I have to ask, like, what's your go to coffee order? We make a latte, a honey vanilla latte, and I put it with oat milk. And it's so dang good. I drink it every single day. That's my first cup. And then my second cup, I'll usually get like a cookie butter latte on ice for the afternoon. Okay, this sounds incredible. Yeah, both are very good. I drink a lot of coffee. We both do for sure. You have to. Well, Jen, a lot of what we're talking about in this episode is how you juggle kids with design, which I think is something that a lot of parents, you know, struggle with, because on top of the show, on top of being an influencer, on top of owning a small business, you're married with three kids, and you make your crazy parenting life like part of your presence on social media. So I would really love to talk to you about designing with kids in mind. You know, what considerations should someone think about when they're trying to make a space work for kids? Yeah, I would say realistic expectations is like so big, kind of just know your kids. And if you know, I have an ER child, my middle child, you know, she's the one that will forever go to the ER over everybody else. She's just clumsy, God lover and full of joy. And so she's just constantly skipping through life. So she's my one that like when I'm doing her room, I might not hang a shelf right above her bed because she might bump it or just kind of like little things like that. So obviously, that's like common sense. But know your kids like my kids have kind of been I want to say trained 
ashamed, but kind of like they don't touch my home decor. I guess kind of left out in that sense. Not too much. But like I have home decor all over the place. But if you know your kids, they're just not getting it. And like they literally want to make Legos out of your vases for everything. It's just a season and it's not going to be like that forever. And, you know, know your kids as far as anything with decorating design. And it should never like be stressful, like at all. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, just like with adults, design is not one size fits all. You know, you have to take that into account. I I also have kids that just they don't they're not destructive. I don't I mean, knock on wood, I just lucked out. But I have friends with very different children. And I mean, that is interesting, because I literally was going to say like, I follow you on Instagram. And I know you have a white couch, like that's a brave move my friend. No, that was kind of a dumb move. It was kind of a dumb move. Honestly, though, my couch stayed really clean before Gary, our golden retriever. I literally was like, can can we talk about Gary? Because I have two big dogs. Oh my gosh, we just bought Gary. and He's destroying every nice thing we have. And we don't have like too many like super expensive things. And the couch really wasn't at all. You know, it's, it's a couch. It's an expensive piece in relative of everything else. But luckily we have slip covers. So like I can take it off and wash them. But no, my kids, we just don't take food out of the kitchen. That's just like a, a rule I'm really big on. And so we'll get the occasional like pizza sauce was on their shorts and it brushed up, but like nothing huge that like a little Tide pen or a wipe won't take care of. Yeah, every, everybody acts like kids are going to destroy your house, but nothing really messes up your house like dogs. And I love my dogs. No, we we scream Gary, at least in a negative context, at least 30 times a day. I mean, he's just a nut and he's barely four months old and he's huge. Like he's massive. He falls all over the place, bumps into things. He is so cute, though. And you can follow you can follow him on Instagram at Gary Todrick. Please follow along Gary at Gary Todrick on Instagram. I know I was like, I'm going to make it for the dog. So funny. I I do want to do you have any durable or performance fabrics that you love? You mentioned the slipcover. Like, are there fabrics that you find are, are easier to keep clean? Burlap. I think we should wrap everything we have in burlap. And I think it'll be really great. Just constantly burlap everything. Burlap socks. Oh, that'd be horrible. Oh my God. It's like a punishment. It's like taking farmhouse to like the next, next. Burlap burlap underpants. Just everything. Oh God. No, I was kidding. So much much chafing. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. We'll go back. We'll backtrack. (laughs) No, I don't. Like, I feel like I should have a, a really professional answer about some kind of fabric I mean anything that has like a tweed like a weave with like a couple different colors of of the threads is so forgiving because it's not a solid you know cotton or whatever so if you get like a couch with like you know tans and creams and stuff woven to where it's kind of like I think it's like a tweed it's like Mm -hmm. that is so much more forgiving but other than that nah just go dark gray until your kids are out of the house that's my dark gray. Well, speaking of speaking of gray and beige and, you know, the, the colors that are, are chic right now, a lot of kids stuff, you know, high chair toy, the toys they want, not the yeah. toys you buy for them, the right. you know, beautiful wooden toys, but the toys they actually want totally seem to only come in like bright primary colors. Like, yes. Do you have any thoughts on kids items that are visually beautiful? Or do you just put it all behind closed doors? No, I just use what we got. That's I just feel like I know it's probably unpopular in like the designer realm. But I'm like, I'm not about to buy all these wooden toys just for looks. So this looks nice. Like we are not I'm trying to not overbuy toys just in general. I say with a playroom, I just kind of own the bold colors. And I try to bring in like nice furniture pieces. I have a few like really nice wooden bookshelves that we just had left over from like Mike's office in the last house. So I brought them in the room and I love the way they look. And then we put brick on the walls. So I just kind of like amped up the industrial look, kind of like a more mature vibe of the room. But now I just use their toys, like own the bright colors. We have a closet that's really organized, but I'm about to decorate some of the open shelves, like with the toys they have, because why wouldn't I, you know? Yeah, exactly. And they're only kids for so long. It, yeah. it really is over. It is a season, you know, uh, to your point. What about your kids' rooms? Like, I'm curious if you have an approach to decorating kids' rooms. I know you're in your son's room right now. And, you know, making them work through the many phases without... I really respect people who, like, fully redecorate their children's rooms every three years. But that is just like, I don't have time. It's also just not where I want to put my budget. Right. So do you have any thoughts on, you know, making a room that works for years? I feel like I'm just getting there. And 
I kind of am passionate about letting your kids like own their spaces. That's just my personal opinion. I never did like the cutesy nursery themes. And I really stayed with like those raw woods, blacks, hunter green, any kind of like taupe color. Like I really kept it kind of more mature. And that way it could last them. My son just got a new room and he's eight, you know, and he's had the same theme throughout his whole nursery, which is just kind of like Americana was like his, his old room. Maybe pick a more mature color palette. And then that way you can change out only the decor every, even if you wanted to do it every year or two years, you're just getting new decor, but you're keeping kind of the paint color the same, or maybe you're only repainting one wall for like an accent wall and kind of building upon what you started. So that's what I would do. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I think that's really smart. All right, before we let you go, I wanted to have you weigh in in one of our favorite segments called Defend the Trend. Ooh, okay, let's do this. I'm afraid I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble. Is it like unpopular opinion? No, no, no. It's literally just give us your thoughts. There's no wrong answers because people land on both sides of every one of these trends. So this week, since we're talking about, you know, juggling kids and dogs and work and contractors, we are talking about washable rugs. Oh, okay. I have two. Oh, well, there you go. These these washable rugs, they're all the rage right now. And it's easy. It's easy to understand why. So I'd love to hear, like, are you a fan of folding it up and throwing it in the wash? Or would you rather stick to, you know, just spot cleaning a traditional rug? Who would pick the second option? Just wondering. That's Yes. I love throwing that bad boy in the washing machine. And it's like a big sticker. I guess stick it back to the bottom of it. I've already had to do it three times. And I haven't even really had it that long. So yeah, I'm a fan of it personally. Yeah. And it's the only way I'd be able, I don't have one under my kitchen table, but it's because we don't really eat there. We eat at our island. That's the only way I could be able to have a rug. And I love the look of a rug underneath the kitchen table is if it was washable. Because other than that, like, what's the point with kids? No, this is a, this is a, an ongoing discussion between my husband and I, because I also love from a design standpoint, I love how it looks to have a big rug under your dining table. And he is just like, and we do eat at our dining table. And he's like, every raspberry, every like, you would just be losing your mind. So you're definitely right there. I am very much like a traditional rug person. But I have to say every single person that I talk to about these is really starting to to win me over. And maybe that would be the compromise with my husband. And my thing is you could still clean it your traditional way and just spot clean it until it gets like but the great thing is it's like this massive safety net of like once there's like a really bad stain or it just looks gross, like you don't have to take it anywhere. You just toss it in the washing machine. And I air dry mine. I throw it out on my patio. Like super simple. Yeah. It's so that's so smart because I will yeah. say we we got some rugs professionally cleaned and it was hundreds of dollars. Hundreds. I was horrified. That's why you can find cheaper rugs that aren't washable 100%, but it makes up so much money back if you really think about it, if you can just wash it every time you have something on it. So- yeah, I have to say you've won me over. Jen, this was just such a pleasure. I would love for you to tell everyone where we can follow you on social media to see all of your um, wild and entertaining life and where we can watch No Demo Reno on HGTV. Sweet. Well, No Demo Reno is on HGTV. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> At 7 p.m. Central Time. I do everything Texas time because I'm in Texas. 7 p.m. Central Time on Thursday nights or on Discovery Plus. And then I am on Instagram primarily at the rambling redhead every single day we do stories there and then also on facebook i guess have it linked through there so the rambling redhead on pretty much everywhere facebook and instagram i'm just i don't do twitter i tried tiktok for a hot minute and realized i felt like i was 92 on tiktok so we're gonna stick to what we know which is instagram and facebook Sometimes you just have to like pick your lane. And I think you have found a good spot. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. I hope that we can have you back on again soon. Yes, I would love that. Love it. Thank you for having me so much. Okay, I have to say that made me I don't know, I don't have a washable rug. They're all the rage with my friends and coworkers right now. I just I feel like they don't look like a real rug. It looks like it's printed onto the fabric. I just think I'm a real rug person. I will say if you have kids, if you have pets, I have this Bissell spot cleaner. It's a rug and upholstery cleaner and it gets out. 
everything. And we've had, we've had dogs get sick. We've had really, really gross things that we've had to get out of rugs and upholstery and it comes right up. So as long as that, you know, is working for me, I'm going to stick with my traditional rugs, but people are, are winning me over. Anyway, our next guest just so happens has some thoughts on washable rugs as well as she should. She is a mother of four, the host of Bargain Mansions on HGTV, and most recently showed up on Hometown Takeover. So here's my chat with Tamara Day. All right, Tamara, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you here. So before we got on with you, we were actually just talking about washable rugs. You know, all of these, like they're very popular on, on like social media. Do you have any like hot takes on washable rugs? Well, I've actually used them before. They're awesome. They are like, they're very thin. I think people don't know what they're getting before they've ordered one, but I I think they're really awesome. Like under a kitchen table. I mean, if you have kids like mine, you can't put a regular rug under a kitchen table. <laughs> that is exactly what Jen Todrick said. She's like, it's the only way you can put a rug under a dining table yep. with kids. So <laughs> that's so funny. You guys are definitely on the on the same page. So Tamara, you are the host of Bargain Mansions on HGTV, which is such a fun show where you buy and renovate these large, large homes that are maybe have seen better days, you know, in and around Kansas City. And and what I love is that you started with your own. You know, what have you learned since your first bargain mansion? Oh, my gosh. I've learned so many things. I mean, trial and error. I've been successful at some and not so successful at others. You know, my first renovation of our big house, it's still in progress, right? It's like one of those things. I do these houses on the show and my kids are always like, well, mom, why doesn't our house look like this? And I'm like, because I don't have time for ours. <laughs> this is another This is another recurring theme in this episode, all about these like hardworking moms. Yeah. That's really funny. So it's like one of those things. We started it 12 years ago during the um, economic downturn, right? Like when 08 happened and the world collapsed, we had three little babies and we were in the middle of construction of almost 6,000 square feet and had to make hard decisions. Like we were going to gut the whole thing. It had been foreclosed three times, three different families. Wow. And was just trashed. I mean, dirty diapers left on the floor. There were, there's, <gasps> there's so many pictures of just a massive amount of junk that they left in the house. And they were like, they left it to squatters. So it had been beaten up like bats to the walls, just bad. And we started in on it and halfway through the world collapsed and it became incredibly scary. And so my husband just kept working his day job. I put a baby in a Bjorn and got to work and just started doing it. So we, we cut things like the windows and the siding. We're like, they're there. They'll work. Let's just get what we have to to live here. You really learn like what to prioritize. Yes. <laughs> it was like, this is how much we have. That's all we're doing. Make it work somehow. I carried every every hardwood floor, every piece of hardwood in our main floor. I carried every one of those in off the truck myself because I didn't want to pay somebody to do it. I sanded every inch of woodwork myself. It was a labor of love. And I still love all of those things that I did. You know, it makes me feel good. I'm like, I, I did that. I learned something. I did it the hard way, but we got it done. And now finally, we're in a place that, okay, we can do the windows and the siding <laughs> and get it done. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important lesson, though. I think people watch these shows on HGTV sometimes, and they think they have to do everything at once. And you don't even even our own like HGTV talent, you prioritize, you take your time, you know, let's prioritize getting rid of the dirty diapers and patching the holes in the wall. But these windows are fine. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and something else I love about your show is that you work with your dad, Ward, Um and I heard that he really brought you up like to be very handy, you know, yes. tell me a little bit about that. Cause I, my dad has a lot of great skills, but I did not get any of my uh, <laughs> DIY skills from him. So you must've been a better kid than I was because I, every time I get in trouble, I'd get a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> 
But we, you know, grew up on a farm and my dad grew up on a farm. So it wasn't a mentality of hire somebody to fix it, right? It was like, figure it out. And my dad was really great about, well, figure it out. And if I broke it, I had to figure that out, right? Like there was no safety net except for him. I remember when he made me change the tires, like he wanted me to learn how to rotate my own tires on my giant Osmobile Delta 88 back in high school. And I, I had to rotate them, but I weighed like 90 pounds and could barely get the lug nuts out. <laughs> and so I was jumping on the, the tire iron and I broke the bolt because <gasps> I just, I wasn't strong enough. I couldn't do it. And, um, and I broke the bolt. He never made me do that again. So <laughs> that was a little lesson for him. <laughs> exactly. So that was one of those things like it, it broke it. That was not fixable except for with a whole new wheel. So he, he learned that lesson. So I learned a lot in those sorts of situations where we just had to figure out how to get it done. Like drywalling is still like the bane of my existence. I just really hate to drywall because that was one of his regular chores, whether it was in our own house or he owned a lot of buildings. He'd be like, okay, your Saturday is drywalling. And I remember thinking this, this putty knife is awful. I can do better job with my hands. <gasps> and I just puttied with my hands and he came and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, <laughs> this seems a lot better. I'm really getting it in there. <laughs> it's like, we're going to have to stand all of this off. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Start over. Oh my gosh. It's those trial and errors as a kid that made me appreciate the process and it made me like, I was the one that had to sand it, not him. So I learned through those like moments of thinking I've figured it out a better way and making it work. And so I've learned to appreciate professionals a lot. And yes. I've also learned to learn from the professionals instead of just going it on my own. Well, and now you're a mom. Do you do the same thing? Do you like make sure your kids are learning these skills? Absolutely. Every day. It's all kinds of skills, right? It's just life and figuring it out. You know, my dad lives in our neighborhood. And so, and he give, he pays the boys to come and work. Right now they're power washing his patio and um, filling it in with uh, polymetric sand. So they're learning what that is and what that process looks like. And he's going to build a deck this summer and they're going to help him on that. And I've had him working on some of my houses as cleanup crew. Like they come in a couple hours a day at the end of the day, and they're in charge of sweeping the floors and cleaning up the debris, figuring out what's what's salvageable, what's just trash. And, you know, just a good day's work is a good day's work. I mean, it's so true. This is really inspiring me. I'm thinking I need to level up beyond just like <laughs> keep the Legos off the floor um, oh, with my kids. If you're still That's in my number Lego one. Phase, you're all good. You're all good. <laughs> I am. I know I will miss it when it's gone. But right now we are we are in we're in it with you'll, Legos. You'll never miss not stepping on a Lego. <laughs> that will be never. something you'll be happy that is over. <laughs> Never, never, never. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about bargain mansions, because like, that's such an oxymoron, right? The idea of like a bargain mansion, but it ties in so well with your personal style, which you've described as like, laid back luxe. You know, how did you land there? And what are some key elements of this style that you incorporate time and time again? I, I think you nailed it. Laid back luxe is, is definitely my my brand aesthetic. It's that whole concept of I'm a mom of four kids. I like pretty things. I like nice things, but there's a limit, right? Like you can't have everything be absolutely luxe and still live in your home with four kids. And so I want our house to feel some, like someplace the kids want to be, their friends want to be, it's comfortable, but I still want it to look beautiful when my friends come over. And so finding that perfect balance of the laid back and the luxe is really the sweet spot for me. And making it feel like a home is everything. And I think that's the the same with the bargain mansions. A bargain to you and I might be a completely different thing to like Bill Gates, right? Like bargain is subjective. It, it all is in the eye of the beholder. And the same with a mansion. Your home is your mansion. And so it really doesn't have to be a massive palatial space. It can be anything that you think is a mansion. So a bargain and a mansion, it goes perfectly with that laid back luxe kind of concept. Yeah, I love that. And the whole idea of laid back luxe is perfect for this episode because we're talking all about design with kids in mind. And we're talking to Jen Todrick, we're talking to you, we're talking to working moms who are juggling a lot. As a mom of four, how do you 
you know, approach your spaces. So they are functional, but still stylish, you know, it's constantly that like tug of war. Right. Well, I mean, I think it all comes down to durability at the end of the day, right? Like picking things that are durable and having rugs that make sense, right? Like under your kitchen table, you're not going to put a a vintage, beautiful hand knotted rug because you've got four kids and that's going to make a mess. You're going to ruin it. You're just going to be angry. Like let's, let's make (laughs) yourself happy at home, not like frustrated and stressed. And so finding that perfect balance where you put the beautiful rug in the living room or in your bedroom where the food is not supposed to be not saying it doesn't ever get there, but, (laughs) (laughs) and then, and choosing fabrics that make sense. Our couch in our main living room is a cotton velvet. So it has lots of movement in the, in the fabric. And it really, you can't tell that somebody spilt yogurt down the side of it because it just scuffs off and it's a little bit white there and a little bit blue there, and you just don't see it. (laughs) And finding those types of materials that really complement your life and how you're going to live in the space is, is the number one key. Yeah. I think it's really important that people cut themselves some slack and, and set themselves up for success. You know, if you know what kind of life you have and you know the stage of life you're in right now with your kids, just set yourself up for success. There will be a time and a place for, you know, the vision you may have for your your living space. And and like we just said, you'll and then you'll miss it. You'll miss mm-hmm. the chaos and you'll miss the little yogurt handprints. I, that's a lie. I will never miss the yogurt handprints. Well, let but. me just tell you, they never go away. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you my teenage boys are just as messy as my toddler boys were, if not oh, worse. <laughs> oh, I could. And they're just bigger. <laughs> they're much larger and the messes are much larger too. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm also one of four. So I always love to talk to people with like lots of kids and big families. When it comes to your kids' different personalities, how, you know, how do you tend to their personalities in their own spaces? You know, how do you let them express themselves, but, you know, still keep it like somewhat within your aesthetic or do you, do you just kind of like, it's behind closed doors, do your oh, thing? Well, there's, there's this thing called LED lights that are really oh my God. big thing. T- Tamara, <laughs> I almost said I'm in this battle with my 12 year old over these LED lights that I just they give me a headache. They're like three different kinds. Every time I go in there, I literally close my eyes and I'm like, can you just turn them off so I can talk to you? <laughs> yeah, I may or may not have had that same conversation in all three of my boys' rooms. Like it's so bad. And I pull up at night and they just, they're, it's like on the outside <laughs> of the street, you pull up to the house and their rooms are just like glowing red. And you're like, what is happening? It looks like an alien abduction is happening. <laughs> I just, I'm glad I'm not alone. I, this is I'm literally oh. the argument we are having right now. Yeah, we have it. I've, I've given up. I just stopped because they all three want them. And it's like they've spent their own allowance on this. It's their yeah. thing. And we just went through this. We have um, everybody has their own room. And the very first thing all three of them did was put up their LED lights. Oh, my God. It was I was like, really? I just painted all these rooms. Like, can we just leave them looking good for a hot minute? Oh my God. That's the real challenge. I want to see, that's the skill I want to see. I want to see a designer make those look chic because the struggle Uh, is real. You have challenged me because I'm going to have to think on that a lot because I just gave up. I didn't even try. They just want to line the whole perimeter of every corner and yes. like the ceiling and the floor and up the walls. I'm like, uh I feel like I'm living in a video game. It's insane. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like we really, this could just be, the whole episode could be Mary and Tamara talk about LED lights. <laughs> you are such a busy woman right now. I mean, you were just a judge on Rock the Block. The basement episode of Rock the Block, I think was my favorite. And now we're getting to see your skills in action on Hometown Takeover, where you're joining up with the Napiers who we just had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and just adore. And you and Steve Ford make over the main street of Wetumpka. I mean, this is just, was this the biggest project you've taken on? Um, who takes on a whole main street? Like that's insane. That's what I'm saying. I, I just, I still am like, how did we do that? And somehow we laughed through the entire thing. It was so well, much fun. Steve Ford, <laughs> how can you not just laugh? Yeah. All the time. So amazing. We had such a fun time. And I mean, 
it never felt like work. It was so much fun. And the community came together in such a beautiful way. And Ben and Aaron picked the perfect town, right? Like these people really cared and they love their community. And it's already a beautiful space, right? Like the whole town has this charming vibe about it. It just yes. is a little dated and needs a little help. And I think it turned out so amazing. And those I've watched the first couple of episodes, cried my eyes out. It's so touching what huge change is happening for this town. And I think it's amazing. And I I just am amazed at how much we got done, but how much they accomplished over the entire course of everything is, is truly miraculous. Yeah, I have to say seeing all of those storefronts, you know, painted like the perfectly like coordinating colors and the lights strung over the street. I was just like, I mean, truly, I don't consider myself that much of a softie, but I have teared up in every episode that I've seen. It's just so sweet. How long How long were you there? And, you know, what did you enjoy most about your time in Wetumpka? You know, I was there for a few days and we just sun up to sundown, literally. We were working, working, working. What did I enjoy most? Oh, my gosh. I don't know that I could pinpoint one thing. I mean, I got to eat a lot of really great barbecue, so that was pretty fun. And being from Kansas City, that's kind of our jam. So I got to try their barbecue, and it was almost as good as here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not even touching the barbecue thing. I mean, I live in Tennessee. Like, that's a whole different thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. Every place has their own jam. So it was fun to, to do the food trucks and try that. And like, you guys, they had some like funky food. It was really cool to try. And I'm kind of a foodie. So that was, that was really fun for me. And then just seeing that whole downtown. I mean, I grew up in a smaller town. My grandparents um, were in small towns. So my whole life revolved around really tight knit communities and those small downtowns that have disappeared. And I remember as a kid, my mom's parents were lived in Dodge City, like the Wild West. And they had this charming downtown street right next to the Boot Hill Strip. And it was an event to get to go to. And now it's practically empty and it's junked down and it it has so much potential. And I I mean, oh my gosh, I would love to see something like this happen in that community. And so being there to see Watomka transform just made me feel like there's hope for all of these small towns and felt really personal to me. Yeah, it's so special. I mean, it's so personal. And, you know, everyone, everyone comes from somewhere. Right. It's so true. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people are born in big cities, but yeah, I I do think it's so special to see these small towns get another chance. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it improves so many lives, right? Like it's not just the giant big box stores. It's every one of those storefronts that we cleaned up means another small business is starting or upgrading and building more in their lives. So you're not just helping like a town, but you're helping these small businesses get a foothold in their world and you're changing families. Let's just see. I'm going to get all emotional again. (laughs) So like you aren't busy enough with everything you're doing on HGTV and with your four kids and everything, you're also, I have to talk about this because this really speaks to my my like crafty DIY side. You have a specialty in sourcing secondhand thrifted furniture and kind of giving it a new life. We love a good upcycle here at HGTV. What are some of your favorite pieces that you've upcycled? Oh gosh. Well, my favorite piece is is still the first one I ever did, right? Like it was when we had just moved into our giant renovation and had no budget for anything. And so I couldn't go buy new stuff. And I went to this estate sale in a big, gorgeous house. And I took my three boys and, you know, they had this beautiful secretary in the garage and it was, you know, dingy and they wanted a hundred bucks. I was like, that is too much. I can't, I can't spend a hundred bucks on it. And so I came back the next day and it was 50 bucks. I was like, oh, but what if I mess it up? You know, I've never painted anything. And so I was like, I'll just come back tomorrow. If it's still here tomorrow, it'll be 25 bucks and I'll get it. And so I I got there first thing with my my boys. And I'm very thankful. They're very cute little boys. And they were very <laughs> sweet little boys, too. And they had buttered up those girls at the front cash wrap. And they were hungry one of the, the first days. And they were like, do you have any snacks? And they gave him a, a granola bar. And that came in really handy on Saturday morning when somebody else wanted that secretary. And they remembered me and my boys and gave me, I won. I got the secretary, even though she was like, I was here first. I was like, no, I was here first. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was here two days ago. <laughs> I've been here every day stocking this thing. It's mine. <laughs> and so uh, I, I brought that home and finished it, painted it black and put it in my bedroom. And then I wish that I could say that I still had it or even had a decent picture of it. But 
in some, I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, in some way, shape, or form, a kid's shoe went through the face of the glass and shattered the oh. whole door. And so it's it's gone bye-bye since. But um, that must have been like a wrestling match between the boys at some point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, kids, kids can't be hard on Yeah, these. that's life, right? That's life with kids. You never get to keep anything perfect or precious. Laid back is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to live in your house. That's for sure. Exactly. Well, I love that. I have a vintage refrigerator downstairs in our basement that I painted pink. You know, all of these retro style fridges are so popular now, but they're so expensive. And so I found one, a, an actual old fridge on Facebook Marketplace for $50 and, oh my gosh. Um, and just painted it pink. It's and adorable. it works. It still works. It works. Oh we have gosh. to de- we have to defrost it every month, though. I feel like Donna Reed. <laughs> and well, they're like, time to defrost the refrigerator, but we only use it for we use it for drinks. Sure. Well, you know, you're speaking my love language when you're talking pink. That's that's my color. <laughs> I love. That. I do. You got to have a little something like a little pop of black and and some pink in every room. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and something I also find so interesting about you is you do you have this love for, you know, secondhand for vintage for thrifted, but you also you really embrace like smart tech in your renovations. It's it's such a nice combination. So before we let you go, I would love to hear some of your favorite home gadgets that maybe make life a little easier as such a busy, you know, working mom, Mm -hmm. four kids. Uh, really, I just I'm just going to start making a shopping list. Oh, uh, well, OK. So like with four kids and four teenage boys, I, I mean, everybody knows about this, but the ring system is one of my greatest things in my house because I know who's coming and who's going and which teenage boys have left at a decent hour and which ones have not or which ones have shown up in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I can really keep tabs on the kids is what I really worry about the most is I know you know, they're sneaking in or out that back door and I can keep an eye on it. So that's, that's top of my list. But one of my favorite things that is like a game changer in my bedroom is remote controlled drapery. I mean, to tell you that was like life changing in my world for so many reasons, but like room darkening and I have a big bay window and a table in front of it. So it was always such a pain to shut those drapes and, and because you reach, you had to move furniture around to really get them up and down and make it still look nice. So most of the time they just stayed down. And so now the first thing I do is push that button and all the windows, all th- the bay and both the other windows just open up like Christmas morning. It's literally like the, the heavens part when I push that button every morning and the sun shines in and it's just happy. It's really made that much of a difference to me. It's so simple. <laughs> oh my God. That's so, that's amazing. What a game changer. And as someone that really believes in like blackout curtains, I like it to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to see my hand in front of my face, but yeah, the first Same. thing every morning, whip those curtains open. So I yes. might have to add that to my list. That should definitely be on your wish list because it has been such like, we used to just leave the window shut and now every morning they all open There's sunlight. It's just kind of a happier way to start your day is to have all of it open. Oh man. I feel like I would also like ring cameras, not even for like personal safety, but just to like spy on my kids <laughs> or my husband. <laughs> um, really, we just need what I need is like to Truman show my life so that everyone can see his reactions. <laughs> I mean, I made my husband um, change out. We renovated our house completely two years ago, and I just made him switch out the lights in our kitchen. <laughs> he was like, but these were the ones you picked when we, and I was like, and I don't like them anymore. I like these now. And, you know, he's just like, you know, you've been married it. to me for 15 years. Like nothing stays the same, right? Yeah. You knew what you were getting into. Tamara, this has just been so delightful. I feel like we could talk for another hour. So I hope you will come back next time you have another show coming on because like I said, you are a hardworking lady. Can you share with everyone listening where they can find you on social media and where they can watch you? Absolutely. So Tamara Day on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Um, We also have our Home Store Growing Days home. So that's one of the pages where I post a lot of the fun things that I'm loving. You see more of my life on my page. And then TamaraDay.com is my website. And you can see actually every episode of Bargain Mansions. We've done a blog post and it sources everything 
that we can source in that blog. So you can actually like watch an episode and go to our w- website and figure out what light that is or what paint color it is and have it all right there for you. Oh, amazing. Well, we'll make sure to link that on the show notes. And you can also watch Bargain Mansions on Discovery Plus and make sure to tune in for all of Hometown Takeover, but especially Tamara's episode where she redoes that Main Street because it is really spectacular. Thank you so much. Come back again soon. I will. Thank you. Oh my God. I love Tamara Day. That was a great interview. I must say, I really feel for your husband. No, I mean, seriously, like, okay, here, I'm just going to send you this Instagram story of poor Chris taking down the very nice custom built, custom designed lights that I picked for our, (laughs) for over our island and then, and then putting up the also very nice (laughs) lights that I picked to replace them. I'm sorry. I am who I am. I'm fun, guys. I'm fun to be married to. What can I say? It's going to look so good. It's so good. Where's the well, they're down here. No, please. <laughs> are you saying you don't enjoy sitting on the counter? Just my hands are sweaty. I don't want to drop it. I think they're almost level. Almost? <laughs> What a saint. Listen, we had to make a lot of really fast decisions when we renovated this house. And sometimes you just can't, you can't nail them all. I nailed most of them, but the lights were too small. They have bothered me for two straight years. And I already have someone that wants to buy the old lights from me. It's like a win-win situation. But yes, my poor patient husband had to sit on our kitchen counter. Like he put our dining, our breakfast room chairs on the kitchen counter and switched out the lights. I will, you know what? I will put a highlight of that on my Instagram if anyone wants to walk with us on that journey. You got to see his face and you just see it on there. He's like, okay, I know I'm doing the right thing, but... uh... Uh, this is this is crazy. This is gonna. I sent you a message right away. I was like, not all heroes. Are case. <laughs> oh man. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our episode today, all about kids and design. I mean, I think that a lot of people really think those two things don't go together, but I think we proved today that there's hope for us all. I want to give a special thanks to Jennifer Todrick and Tamara Day for talking with us. You can catch the finale of No Demo Reno tonight at 7 p.m. on HGTV. And of course, you can stream all the episodes of No Demo Reno and Bargain Mansions on Discovery+. Plus. Also, I really encourage you to check out Hometown Takeover. Tamara literally made over the main street and it's a real tearjerker. As always, you can learn about both of our guests by checking out our show notes at hgtv.com slash podcast. And as usual, you guys know what I'm going to say. I'm going to beg for your love and adoration. If you loved today's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. I want five stars and I want you to tell me your favorite color. I'll know that you listened to today's episode if you do that. Don't forget to follow HGTV Obsessed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Just a note, We're going to take a week off next week. It's Memorial Day. We're all going to barbecue and, I don't know, set off some fireworks. We will be back to you guys on June 3rd for our summer vacation-themed episode. You do not want to miss it. I'll see you then.